Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry, with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. The Big Bets on Campus podcast. 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 All right, here we go. Court. Ten seconds remaining. They just got to throw it under the basket. Under the basket. It's the truth for the win. Gone. Oh! He did it. A miracle. Hutchins. Double order. Hit that one from the parking lot. Welcome to the Big Bet Song Campus Podcast, presented by BetMGM. I am your host, Kai McEwen, joined by the rest of the Three Man Weave crew, Jim Root and Matt Cox. Every Wednesday morning, we'll be dropping a new BBOC episode talking all things betting in the world of college hoops. Today's episode, it's the usual format, folks. We got the live dog of the week, the power game of the week, the mid-major game of the week, the blowout city section, and of course, the trash man pick of the week, the ugliest game on the slate for Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes Friday. And then we'll top it off with our spotlight section today. We're going to be looking at the worst and best. ATS teams in the country, and if you should still be betting them or fading them, if the trends will continue, we will discuss. But first, as we always do, we will get into our first section, our favorite section, the live dog of the week. Last week, pretty good, boys. All three of us took Rhode Island to take down St. Joe's, and they did. They won outright those scrappy Rams in Rhode Island. Hooray, hurrah. Milwaukee did not beat Oakland, but they did cover. And Jim was quite confident that they would. So congratulations to Jim. Yay. (laughs) Congratulations. Tulsa almost beat Memphis. They did cover. Uh, Jacksonville, no cover against Florida Gulf Coast. And then our consideration section, Xavier almost beat Villanova. They almost beat him. They did get the cover. Uh, No cover for Chattanooga against Sanford. And Arizona State, they beat Utah outright. Wow. They, uh, They keep on rolling. They might be in this section today, fellas. Bobby effing Hurley. Bobby F and Hurley indeed. Well, I got a little pack for you guys to start us off. And of course, add your own. Uh-huh. Where's my dog? Uh-huh. There's my dog. Where's my dog? Uh-huh. There's my dog. But Wednesday, I'm looking at some Pac-12. I'm looking at Cal plus eight per Ken Palm hosting Colorado. Did Cal finally turn the corner against UCLA with that win? This is, of course, Colorado's third straight road game. Maybe that's a consideration. And then the A-10, going back to the well-fading St. Joe's, SLU is hosting the Hawks this time, plus seven 
in their home uh, home place, Chaffetz Arena. Uh, tough team. They bored, but are they just too bad to back? And then on Thursday, a little three-pack for you. Michigan State is going to Illinois. Terrence Shannon, we all know that situation. Will that matter against Sparty? Arizona State, once again, at Washington. Who says no? Who says no to 5-0 Sun Devils? And then Long Beach State. That's a bit of a Kai special. We can talk about that one. I just don't believe UC San Diego is as good as they've been playing, but I could be very wrong. I'm going to start off with Matt. you like anything from Wednesday or Thursday? I like one. I like Cal. The Bears, you got a big one at UCLA, although as we learned by the hour, uh, that might be more about UCLA and that calamity of a situation than it is about Cal turning a corner. Although I do stubbornly believe that Cal is going to be good. We're seeing signs. Roster is starting to take shape. I know we've kind of tongue-in-cheek joked about Devin Askew as a Ewing Theory guy when he's in. I don't want to bet Cal when he's out. I think they're better. I don't know if I'm putting that in my handicap here, but I think it, it's almost Colorado. the opposite this year, Matt. It's almost it's wild. Good, I know. Like, and, yeah. and I think the alternative to Devin, to Devin Askew is is such a useless corpse that it's they need him. <laughs> it's actually air. I mean, they really don't have much depth at all. But again, that's why you want to get them at home against Colorado, who's been much, much, much better on their home floor um, and who just lost two games away from Boulder. This would be their third and final leg of the road trip. I can see them here laying one more egg. Cal catches them. They go back home. They resume their home court dominance, but not before they lose their third straight Pac-12 uh, nothing else for me, though, Kai. Just one more. Jim? Yeah, I'm with you, Matt. I'm riding with Cal. I think they're starting to trend up a little. I mean, UCLA beating them and driving McCrone into insanity and skipping his press conference is hopefully an indicator of the door uh, or the corner being turned for this Cal team. We always, we liked most of the core. We liked the coach. So hopefully it's time for them. And Kai, I'm going with SLU. I'm going to do it. Yeah. The home dog taken on St. Joe's, very similar spot to Rhode Island last week. Um, team that has not been that strong in non-conference. And of course, St. Joe's has been better. And maybe you get a more engaged Billy Lang team here. But there's just such high variance. You kind of pointed out in your initial notes, Kai. St. Joe's takes a ton of threes. They allow a ton of threes. Mm -hmm. Slew can shoot a little bit. Hargrove and Jimerson, if those guys get going... I don't think we're going to see sincere Parker return quite yet coming off that broken foot back in November, but potentially he could contribute. That's just a small bonus. Either way, I think is a very feisty home dog against the St. Joe's team. That is high variance. I like it. Uh, you, you could lose by 20 because of St. Joe's being hot or you get the outright win. So I'm willing to embrace the variance there, no matter what it leads to. Agreed. I, I also like slew. I'm going slew as well. I'm going, I'm going quite a few here. I'm going slew. I'm going Cal. And then did, did I tempt you guys on Thursday or are you, are you staying away from the Thursday trio here? I'm in on Michigan state Kai. I'm with you. Sparty. I, I just, especially looking at, I mean, Ken has got the line seven. There's no way the line is seven. It, once it comes out no. uh, with no Shannon. Um, but even then I still think it's going to be a little too high if it's like five. Uh, Michigan state has lost three in a row against Illinois. So maybe tread a little carefully, but I like getting Michigan State off that embarrassing road performance at Northwestern. I think Izzo absolutely has their attention. He had that wild press conference rant about analytics and he hates them and you can't blame the players. And, you know, I, I think his message generally was he just wasn't happy with the aggression and physicality of his team. And I believe we'll see that corrected at Illinois, who has been playing very well without Shannon Matthew, but I, I'm still willing to ride the Spartans there on the road. I lean with all three of your Thursday choices, Kai, Long Beach as a five-point dog to UC San Diego is just an absolute mind-boggling world that we are living in. Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably one I should technically take, but I 
my tritons are just kind of awesome so i'm not gonna yeah. fade I, I surrender i'm on my knees begging for my life from uc san diego they're just incredible they've been great they uh they have the number one offense in the big west right now uc san diego i i just i'm staying stubborn long beach state many people's or some people's favorite to win the big west at the beginning of the season i think they're still talented and, and can definitely win outright uh arizona state i think we're passing on them uh, the dream dies with 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 Washington, most likely. Kai, if you took the 100 to 1 conference title future we mentioned last week, yeah. you're sitting at 4 0 with Arizona State. I still don't think it's going to be a, a profitable endeavor, but hey, maybe maybe the magic will keep going. Indeed. Uh, any ads here? I, I see two on the list. What do we got? Yep. Yeah, I'm adding two from Thursday, uh, staying in the Big West, kind of the opposite of UC San Diego, Long Beach. I'm going to ride with the crazy hot Cal State Northridge. Just can't believe how good they are under new no. coach Andy Newman. Uh, there's been the whole football uh, excitement. I, I know Washington lost in the national title game, but Kalen DeBoer being like the high performing lower level coach went like 67, three, 67 and three in the NAI. That's what CSUN got here. They, they plucked a tremendous division two coach and he's immediately turned around that program. They're at UC Davis uh, only getting five, but UC Davis may be riding a little too high as well. Kind of a two-man team. I think Northridge can find a way to defend them. And then I love UNC Greensboro. Uh, they're they're getting seven per yeah, Ken Palm on Thursday at Samford. They are devalued or, or deflated in the metrics because they are missing Mikhail Brown-Jones, their best player for a few games. Did not look good without him. He is back, and they have looked really good. Whereas Samford is missing Jermaine Marshall uh, with a torn meniscus, uh, arguably best player or at least most important and emotional leader for that team uh, front court double digit score uh, so yeah i think that's like a coin flip matchup love getting the value i'll take greensboro on thursday yeah i, I actually almost included greensboro in this section jim i i agree sanford's been really good without marshall um like I, i've kind of surrendered to them as well but greensboro that's a lot of points uh i don't think it'll be seven kind of like michigan state illinois but a lot of points all right official takes here i'm taking four of them long beach sparty Cal, slew. Jim, what are you? I'm taking Cal if Cody Williams is out for Colorado. If they get back to full strength, then that's a little concerning. I think Julian Hammond missed last game as well mm -hmm. for Colorado. They've had guys in and out of the lineup. Uh, so contingent there, going to wait to find out. Uh, but I am taking slew and Michigan State from your batch, Kai. And then my two ads, Cal State Northridge and UNC Greensboro on Thursday. Uh, Matt, a whole lot of acronyms in my in my picks. I'm just taking Cal. I'm going to be boring. The other one I did want to throw out there is uh, Monmouth goes to UNC Wilmington on Thursday. Mm -hmm. I just watched Monmouth look like a fireball. I know it was one game, but they looked like really legitimately good. And UNC Wilmington's lost three in a row and are potentially overrated, I think. Like Ken Palm has them higher than last year in the metrics. I'm not sure this team's better than last year's team. So just one more kind of for consideration for you to chew on. I, I did consider Monmouth as well, Matt. The fact that UNC Wilmington is 0-2, though, and – Trask, still a tough place to play. Yep. Uh, yep. First home game in conference. I think their first home game since. Is this right? Their first D1 home game all year, I think. How about that? All year. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. Wilmington, uh, not a spot I'm looking to fade, I suppose. Is, is yep. the answer yeah, I'll, I'll go the other way. I think Wilmington wins by 20. I, I, Ooh, that Monmouth yeah. performance against Northeastern was a little aberrational. Their key players, Andrew Rice, was 11 for 12, Matt. I was fading Monmouth and frustrated. But I think that home conference opener means so much at Trask. I think that's going to be a, a landslide. Monmouth, uh, one of the best ATS teams in the country this season. <laughs> They've covered 
seven of their last eight. So yikes, the Hawks are, are white hot right now. Uh, okay, next section, Blowout City. Well, last week, uh, Chicago State lost by 19 to Oklahoma State. They did cover that Kim Palm line with 16. I think they covered the closing line. I can't remember what it got up to. It might have honestly closed around 19. But uh, if you got an early line, you, you got that win. Congratulations at Oklahoma State. Gonzaga smashed Pepperdine, and we should have listened to ourselves. I think all three of us ended up taking a little bit of Pepperdine when it got up to 24 or whatever it was. And, yep, and guess what? Please. Gonzaga covered every number, didn't they, Matt? Yep. Lose. Lose. Mm. Well, yeah. And then we brought it up on the show and settled, oh no, this is the wrong spot to yeah. to go for the the kill with the blood city. And we were wrong. Opposite. We were indeed. Oops. Sometimes we're wrong. How about this week though? Let's try to not be wrong. Uh Miami is hosting Louisville, uh, minus 16 for Kim Pom. I think everyone knows they can smoke them. Uh Wuga Poplar, his status is probably important for this game. He's missed the last couple for the Canes. Man, their offense is good, and, and Louisville so bad. I I tend to think that's a pretty good one. And then Colgate, minus 14 against Lafayette. Colgate, they love destroying Patriot teams. Will there be enough possessions in this game? It will be pretty uh, – uh, it'll be in the 60s, most likely mid-60s possession-wise. Lafayette's offense, though, one of the worst in the country, and they actually are 2-0, and uh, the Lafayette Leopards somehow in the Patriot. Uh, Jim, either game stick out to you. I like both of them, Kai. I'm I'm a fan of your selections here. Miami coming off an OT loss at Wake Forest. I think they get a little angry back at home. And especially if Trey White is still out for Louisville, uh, the USC transfer, arguably their best player. They, they've been horrendous without him. Uh, lost by 24 at Virginia. Look how bad Virginia's been the last couple of weeks. And Louisville still couldn't keep it within 20 there. So that's concerning. And then, yeah, Colgate against conference teams. Love backing them. The shooting has returned. Uh, they weren't scorching in the non-conference, but they're over 40% through two Patriot games. They are playing a little bit faster. Colgate is trying to, which I think helps the, the potential blowout spot there. Lafayette mucks it up, Matt, but I'm still I'm still going to ride with the home toothpaste squad. I lean that way. Uh, the other one I had written down here was Charleston hosting Elon. That's on Thursday. Uh I think Elon's bad in Charleston at home. It's just been really, really, really good the last few weeks, with the exception of that late um, stupid backdoor that Coastal gave them, uh, much to our chagrin. But other than that, they've been really, really good at home. So I think Charleston smacks Elon. I like that pick, Matthew. Very, very good. Okay, before we get to the power games of the week, a word from our sponsor, BBOC, is presented by BetMGM. Use bonus code ACTION when signing up to get up to $1,500 paid back in bonus bets if your first bet loses, for new users in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, and Wyoming. Terms and conditions apply. Must be 21 or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, 
thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. All right. Power game of the week. Oh, feel the power. Oh, I can feel it. Here we go. We talked Michigan State, Illinois a bit up top. Uh, we, we tend to lean that the Shannon thing will be a bigger deal. Michigan State has a bunch of talent, right? Top five preseason team. I think they can hang with Illinois there. But Wednesday, a nice little twofer in the SEC, Tennessee is at Mississippi State. The Vols, minus three per Ken Palm. The Bulldogs, 0-1 in conference play after a loss to South Carolina. They were three for 13 from three. Just really, really bad. Matt should be a very physical game. Both teams can kind of match each other's intensity. And then the question, will Tolu Smith, Mississippi State's All-American candidate in the preseason, will he be more ramped up in this game? He's been really good on a permanent basis. Will they unleash him more against Tennessee? I think they're committed to slowly bringing him back in, trying to keep the long-term horizon. But you just look at the... Uh, wait, 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 wait. Can I, can I take, can I take yeah. issue with that? I think he plays yeah, like 30 ahead. minutes last game if he doesn't foul out. It was foul trouble that kept him out. So I, I think they're ready to, to 25, 30 minutes with him. Yeah. Well, I was going to get to that point too, Jim, because I look at the bracket matrix recent refresh. They are sitting at basically treading toward right where they finished last year, right? And that bubblicious 12-11 seed, um, that Q4 loss to Southern is not going to age well. And with Georgia Tech and South Carolina losses on their resume without any like marquee, marquee wins, like they need to win this game. And Tolu Smith is going to be a pretty massive piece against a physical Tennessee front line. So yeah, I think he's going to have to gut it out here. Uh, but I do think Mississippi State matches up pretty well with this Tennessee team who has not played a real tough road game since the um, since their North Carolina 192 loss in late November. They did beat Wisconsin on the road early in the year, so maybe yeah. that's actually a better precedent for this game, kind of a slower, grinded-out type of affair. But I still think the fighting Chris Janzies get this done, Jim, just on the spot alone. Yeah, love the spot. The 0-1 team against the 1-0. And then matchup-wise, like Tennessee is so reliant on Zakai Ziegler and Dalton Connect creating offense – and I can't think of like two better guys to throw at connect than DJ Jeffries and Cameron Matthews, two like monster versatile athletes with strength that I think can really, really bother him. And then, yeah, Ziegler's really emerged recently and shown uh, his true form uh, recovering from that ACL tear. But I think Shaquille Moore uh, and Deshaun Davis can be quality defenders on him. I think Mississippi State mucks this game up, Kai. Jonas Adu's had a little bit of an injury. He's been playing through it for Tennessee, but... I don't love their big man depth behind him. Toby Awaka is a little smaller. I think Mississippi State can have success inside. So combined with the crowd, the spot, the, the decent matchup here, I'm going to be betting Mississippi State. Yeah, I lean towards the Bulldogs too. Boy, I mean, we faded, at least I did, uh, Tennessee with Ole Miss. Tennessee only put up 1.3 points per possession and grabbed almost half of their misses. So that was a tough one uh, to, to be faders of Tennessee. Maybe we'll go back to the well with the uh, – What's the Mississippi State, excuse me, Mississippi's nickname? The Egg State Stark or something? Vegas. Stark, Stark Vegas. I was thinking about the state as oh. a whole. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's the the, the rivalry is the Egg Bowl. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to guess Egg State, the scrambled Egg State, Mississippi. 
Uh, game two power game of the week, Wisconsin at Ohio State. Big 10 matchup. The Badgers minus one per Ken Palm. They're looking to go to 4-0 in the Big 10, sit at the top of the standings. They're humming right now. Number two in offense and defense in Big 10 play. They beat Ohio State at Ohio State last season. Well, does that matter? We'll see. Jim, uh, you are from Wisconsin, the, 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 the state. What do you think about this game? I like the home team again here. Um, I watched Ohio State against Indiana, and Matthew, your Hoosiers finally stood up on defense. Uh, Ohio State was actually up nine early in the second half in that game and then scored like 12 points the next 15 minutes or something before final minute, uh, just kind of debauchery. I think Ohio State is much better here at home. They've already lost twice on the road in, in league play, but uh, back in Columbus, I like them. And I just think Wisconsin's a little overvalued. I don't believe they have the seventh best offense in the country. I think they've been knocking down shots and have gotten real comfortable at the Kohl Center. I know they won at Sparty, but that was when Sparty was awful in December and, and late November. So, Matt, I, I think this is where Wisconsin come, comes back down to earth a little bit and, and the Buckeyes get an outright win at home. I think I agree. I just like the Buckeyes makeup with Felix Akpara in the middle. They're kind of platooning him with Zed Key, who's accepted a, a lesser, more of a reserve uh, change of pace role, if you will. And I just the, the fact that you have actually have a real rim protector and Akpara, he's not like a bully, thick post defender that you might need against Crawl and Wall, but I think he at least provides some resistance at the rim, which is huge. You're going to have to make Wisconsin make jump shots. I just love this, this Ohio State backcourt. I know they're younger and they're going to be prone to inconsistency, but in the right spots, I think they profile as the best, most dynamic backcourt in the Big Ten. A good back and a good spot, and I think at home that makes them a good spot. So. Yeah, lean towards Buckeyes a bit. Uh, weirdly, 2-6-1 and one against the spread at home this year, the Ohio State Buckeyes. Kind of yikes. Uh, surprising. And Not a good uh, big home favorite at all. Like They haven't been able no. to smash teams. Yeah, and that's that's part of the reason, obviously, with all these bye games coming in. Uh, I, I do like their potential defensive front line inside. Right, Wisconsin number one in the, in the conference and two point field goal percentage. Obviously they run the swing, you know, they, they get the ball inside. Uh, so we'll see if Ohio state can, can put up a fight in there. I do tend to lean their way. Nothing really strong in that one for me. I think big 10 home courts are 15 and 10 against the number so far this year. Yeah. Cause we will probably track that all year after last season. It's just like 69, whatever. Huh, nice. I'll cover right. Nice. Thank you. Yes. Usually a very good, uh, home court value. They they are uh, number three right now in Kim Palm's home win percentage. Home teams have won 76% of the games. So good, good little stat there. Uh, mid-major games of the week. We got two doozies of, of mid-major games. In my opinion, the power game is a little bit weak in, in, in considering uh, all things college basketball. But the mid-majors, oof, some good ones. Indiana State at Drake on Wednesday. The marquee matchup in the Missouri Valley. The Sycamores favored by one on the road per Kimpom. Drake just got smashed at Belmont, whereas Indiana State handled Northern Iowa. They're looking to go to 5-0 in the conference, take a commanding lead. Their average margin of victory in Valley play, 15.5 points per game. Yikes. Uh, ball handling for them will be a key in this game. Matt, who do you like, Drake or Indiana State? I like Indiana State. I, I really do. I know um, disrespecting the really good home courts in the Valley is sort of a fool's errand, but I watched Indiana state. What I was most impressed with was their defense. Uh, like they actually had a couple of scoring droughts, uh, but were able just to get lockdown stops against Northern Iowa, who obviously isn't like a offensive 
you know, juggernaut by any stretch, but but certainly a team that could present some problems. And Bowen Bourne been playing better. And I thought they just completely took away UNI's offense. Um, I like that the Indiana State team is not a one-sided team. They're a team that's older, they can defend. While Drake's very good, I don't know if I like trusting their younger backcourt. Like this is a deceptively younger backcourt that's playing around Tucker DeVries and Darnold Brody up front. Um, they're much better at home. I still think this ISU blue team is all the way legit and, and potentially even still undervalued as impossible as that may seem at this point. I'm going to go the other way. I, I Matt, that Indiana State, I was on Indiana State, so happy to get a, a victory there against Northern Iowa. And I looked at the shooting splits and felt pretty fortunate. Uh, Northern Iowa, or yeah, Northern Iowa, one yeah, for 15 from three at home. Indiana State, 15 for 34 from three on the road. That should be like a 30-point blowout to me with when you're plus 42 from the three-point line. Uh, the only one by 11, never really pulled away. So I think Indiana State is all the way legit, but there could be some regression coming. Drake rolled over weirdly at Belmont, despite Belmont being shorthanded. I think maybe there was some look-ahead factor to this game. And this is the, like Kai said, the marquee game in the Valley this year. Um, I think Drake shows a much better effort and is able to knock down some more shots against that Indiana State defense and, and gets the home win. So Kai, yeah, three straight games, power game of the week and mid-major mm -hmm. game of the week. I'm going with the home team to get a victory. Yeah, I mean, Eileen Drake, I'm not fading Indiana State the entire season. They're they're just so, so good. Uh, to Jim's point, though, by far the best defense in the conference, per Matt's point, they've been crushing it. But 24% from three is what opponents are shooting against them. Now, they do take away the three at the highest rate in the conference, but they can test pretty well. 24% is, is pretty yikes. Uh, Drake at home in the Valley this year, they've won by 17 against Missouri State and 16 against Illinois State. The home court... Obviously, is very real. Um, I, I lean Drake again. Not going to fade Indiana State. For whatever it's worth, I, I mentioned those three point splits. The, the shot quality score in that Northern Iowa Indiana State game was uh, Northern Iowa by seventeen, which <laughs> kind of <laughs> makes sense to me, at least given those splits. Uh, Thursday, another great matchup. This one's in the Summit, South Dakota State at St. Thomas, and the Tommies are minus four. Per Kimpom, this is for first place in the league. Man, St. Thomas has been an absolute wagon lately, but no wins this season against the top 200. Their last four games, they've played 294, 270, 309, and 306. They smash bad competition. They handle them. Teams can't compete. South Dakota State is not a bad team, Matthew. They have a ton of depth up front. They have the best guard in this game in Zeke Mayo. I like the Jack Bunnies. I don't think it's going to be four. I lean their way. I think I lean their way too, but I'm not fading Johnny Tower and St. Thomas. Um, South Dakota State getting Matt Mims back is pretty huge. Like they needed like a legit, gritty, versatile defender guy on the perimeter. And it also allows Zeke Mayo, or Mayo, not Mayo, Zeke Mayo, excuse me, to play a little more off the ball. Um, I've never been a huge Mayo fan. Like I've always felt he's been kind of misutilized. Like he's obviously a dynamic and electric scorer and talent, but it just seems like they sometimes don't know how to work the offense with him in there in, in construct with their other bigs and options. Mims kind of bring, puts everyone in the right place, but yeah, I mean, St. Thomas at home, and that's just not a team I want to fade uh, in their own, in the friendly confines of, of St. Paul there, Jimbo. So I, I've gotten burned too many years or too many times fading this team the last two years. I'm just not doing it again. Yeah. It's kind of where I land, Matthew. I, a big, like just initial reaction to this game is, Oh yeah. South Dakota state as priced as the inferior team is kind of crazy. Coming into this year, it was like Jack Bunnies and the rest in this conference. I thought maybe St. Thomas had a chance to like make the dark horse run, 
But Kai, I did not think they would end up higher rated than South Dakota State. Yeah. That is, that's wild to me. Um, last year they did split. Two years ago when St. Thomas was like all D3 guys, it was two South Dakota State blowouts. The athleticism gap has certainly closed quite a bit here, but it's still an edge for South Dakota State. I lean their way, kind of just maybe a little too scared to to bet it. Go against my big home theme of this pod. Yeah, I just think there's I, I think South Dakota State's better. I, I don't think these ratings are are true to what these teams are. St. Thomas, 295th ranked schedule, South Dakota State 95th. They've played five top 100 teams. St. Thomas played one. So I think strength of the schedule has a lot to do with it right now. Again, St. Thomas is a really hard team to beat if you are not the better team. <laughs> they are yeah. they, they they are so well coached. Like there's no chance St. Thomas loses by three and two on neutrals to UCF and George Mason. Like I yes. don't think they have that in them, whereas South Dakota State does have that gear. Exactly. Uh, although St. Thomas did hang with Marquette. We'll always remember that one. Good, good uh, call. Good call. All right. Next section, Trash Man Pick of the Week. The Trash Man Pick of the Week. I'm the trash man. Just throw me in the trash. You're garbage. And you know it. Totally unreliable. Is that it? Undependable. Is that it? That's it. You've been told off. How do you like that? Good. Last week did not disappoint. We had Army and Lafayette, 56 possessions in that game, 99 total points, 0.84 and 0.93 points per possession. Lafayette pulled out the win by five. We think they're going to get smashed by Colgate this week. We're going back to the Army well, though, for Wednesday. They're hosting Loyola, Maryland. Army's projected minus five per Kimpom. It's projected for another low possession game, 63 possessions, 121 points. It's the number 345 offense against the number 355 offense. And Loyola, Maryland, Jim, has allowed 1.22 and 1.24 points per possession in Patriot play thus far. Not a good team, not a good game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think Loyola's probably played the two best offenses in the league, Colgate and mm-hmm. Lehigh. So maybe that's a little small part of it. But yeah, I, I'm trying to think of a clever name for this section, Kai, Patriash. Patriash man pick of the week because it's basically going to be Patriot picks a lot this yeah. season. Slow teams, terrible offenses, very little depth. Uh, it's it's a very much a rebuilding year for a conference that can't take transfers or really, really struggles to take transfers. So you see the talent dips in these programs a lot more. Uh, this particular game, I don't really want to lay five points with Army. I don't think the offense is good enough to lay five points. But Matt, I, I might be... Uh, Jumping in the trash with the under on this one. Yeah, under feels good. You're right. Kind of mentioned the defensive disaster from the Greyhounds, but they played, yeah, Colgate and Lehigh. And Army certainly is a bad offensive team, we'll put it nicely. I think if you're an Indiana fan, you may have seen the absolute best version of Army's offense when they were making some crazy shots at Assembly Hall, but this team really can't shoot. They can't, like, create anything at all. Probably a lot of zone back forth in this game, long possessions, I like the under. Hopefully it's like 120 and not like some stupid like 115 total. We'll see where it opens up. Yeah, the under seems like a pretty good play there. <laughs> Unless Army's hot. Efficiency is always the beater of the unders. Ah, uh, yes. A trash man game of the week. Don't watch it. Or do. Be, be a sicko. We don't care. All right, spotlight section, and then we'll close it out for today, for this week. Wagons and wusses is what I'm calling this one here. Best ATS teams in the country, worst ATS teams in the country. Should you continue to bet or fade these teams? Let's start with the best. Over 80% cover rate right now. Minnesota, number one in the country. 14-1 and one against the spread with a nearly six-point cover margin. I mean, I did not see this coming into the year. Ben Johnson, I do think, is a pretty solid coach at 
getting more out of what the talent is on his roster, but they are healthy this year, Jim. I know they missed a couple guys for, for a bit there, but healthier than in years past. Yeah, they missed Parker Fox and Isaiah Enan for two straight years to season-ending mm-hmm. knee injuries. Uh, they look a lot better. They've got two point guards out there. We love when teams roll out that kind of a system. And Dawson Garcia has given them a, a real star. I'm going to probably look to continue backing them at, on, uh, at home in Big Ten play, especially. Their value is getting up there in the market, so you might not get favorable numbers. But they just beat Maryland at home, despite a kind of a coin flip game the whole way. I sort of trust them, Matt, and there's some Big Ten teams I don't trust, and so uh, I'll take the Gophers against most of those untrustworthy teams. My concern is they've been winning a lot on size, and the Big Ten has the best size you'll find in anywhere in college basketball. So did they just play to a strength that they will no longer have in the Big Ten playground? That's my only concern. I like Ben Johnson. We've all liked Ben Johnson since day one. Finally, he had the roster that looks like, you know, can kind of hang with the best of the Big Ten. Not saying best, but at least the middle of the pack of the Big Ten. Um, I think it could be sustainable, but that's my concern. The second best ATS team in the country this year has been Cal State Northridge at 12 and one with an eight and a half point cover margin, which is number one in the country. Uh, a little smoke and mirrors to start the year for CSUN. We, we mentioned them earlier in the show. They did cover against Stanford, but they lost to Lemoyne at home by 10 points. And that's the only game they really haven't done well in uh, from an ATS perspective. Matt, are the Matadors real? We talked about Andy Newman briefly already. Will you continue to back them, or is their value getting a little bit too high? Uh, no, I like them. I don't know if I'm going to keep backing them. I, some people have pointed out their shot quality profile isn't great. They do take a lot of mid-rangers. There is some holdovers from last year's Trent Johnson team. Um, and so I think he, Newman's just kind of working with that, but then optimizing every other part of the puzzle, I guess, the way they defend, the way he uh, juggles rotations. And uh, they haven't had a full Gianni Hunt like season yet either. So he could provide another level of improvement if he comes along. I, I like the doors. I'm I'm all in on Andy. Yeah, they. I'm, I'm worried about the value with them. Uh, like if they might be at the peak of it, they are second in the country and adjusted efficiency margin rise from the opening day of the season. Mm-hmm. The number one team is the team you will mention shortly in a second here. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm mega impressed by them, but no one's making threes against them so far in league play. I, I, not quite smoke and mirrors. Like, I think it's legit where they are. I just don't think they're undervalued anymore where uh, keep hammering, keep betting. I don't think that's going to be there. Yeah. I mean, playing like the best team in the big West right now, which is absolutely crazy uh, to me. Uh, high point is that next team, Jim 11, two and two against the spread, almost a five point cover margin. The difference between high point this year and last year, they're covering on the road. They, they were an awesome home team last season. Terrible on the road, like an automatic win fading them. 3-0 this year, 3-0-2 on the road from an ATS perspective. We liked High Point coming in. Have they exceeded your expectations, though? Yeah, holy cow. <laughs> I didn't think this team would have a top 50 offense, uh, and that's that they've been a, a tough total handicap for me, Kai, because I just didn't expect the offense to be top 50 and the defense to be as bad as it has been. Yeah. But they brought in Alan Huss off the, uh, the Creighton staff, we know McDermott is very well known for his offensive creativity and and kind of paying attention to shot selection, uh, their defense at Creighton. They give up like the most mid-rangers in the country. I think High Point's trying to do that, but they lack athletes. But man, Matthew, this team hammers the rim. They get to the free throw line a ton. They get on the offensive glass. They're just really tough to guard, especially off the bounce. I, I can't say I'm going to keep backing them because, again, because they have the, the highest rise in Ken Palm, and I don't know if they're... They have the ceiling to keep rising, 
but it's not someone I'm looking to fade. And I'm probably closer to backing them than I am to, to fading. Yeah, I'm not going to back them because they'll be huge favorites in a lot of these conference games. I just don't know if they're going to be able to consistently beat teams by margin. Um, maybe situationally at home against like the top teams in that conference, better spots to back them. But yeah, I mean, they're basically top 100 now in Kempom. It's just like the value's gone. Love Alan Huss, not going to fade them, but not eager to continue to run to the counter and back him either. Yeah, to your point, they host Asheville on Wednesday, six point favorite for Kempom. Yeah, that's a lot. That's probably that's a big number <sighs> for Asheville. On other teams, so yeah, yeah. Uh, preseason that number is probably Asheville minus three. Yeah, it's like, changed quite a bit. So, yep. Uh, okay, two more in the over eighty percent bracket here. SIU Carbondale, eleven and two and one against the spread, plus six cover margin. This is shocking because two of their starters from last year are starting for Big Ten teams in Lance Jones at Purdue and Marcus Domask at Illinois. And by the way, Domask is like an all-Big Ten player. And they're still excellent this season, Southern Illinois. Xavier Johnson is the player of the year in the Missouri Valley right now. If you were to stop today, he's, I think, the leading scorer in the country. Uh, just absolutely wild stuff from Southern Illinois. Great coach in, in Brian Mullins there. And then Troy is 9-2-1. and one. They are also smoking mirrors for me. I think they started off either 0-3 or 1-2 and against the spread, and I kind of said, okay, this team's not ready too young, and guess what? They've been awesome ever since. Troy and SIU thoughts from Jim. I These two are, especially Troy, really stuns me. I'm with you, Kai. I think early I was like, yeah, it's just, you know, it's Scott Cross, great coach, guy we like all the way back to his UT Arlington days, but this team doesn't quite have the juice. Uh, there's a ton of roster turnover, freshman, junior college guys, so it seemed like it's going to be wide variance outcomes except the only variance end has been terrific. So it's still trying to catch up with them, figure out just how good their freshmen are and, and how high I should have them rated Southern Illinois. I don't, I don't get it, Matt. I, I need you to explain how they are this good. Uh, Xavier Johnson has been a supernova. Why, why is he so much better than he was last year? It's, it's impressive. I, I don't really have much to say on them. I've lost a decent amount of coin fading. SIU. Brian Mullins is really good. That's a big part of it. Um, Xavier Johnson has been awesome, as you mentioned. I do think this team's kind of a net fade for me. Like, I think this is sort yeah. of a, a house of cards. Like, opponents are shooting 25% for three against them. I don't believe that they're like a top 23 point shooting teams themselves. Um, I've watched a couple of games. There are some wild swings where, you know, cover could have gone either way. Yeah, the Indiana State game, they lost by 30, but that's really been their only bad performance all year. I mean, you could argue losing at home to Austin P was bad, but Austin P's been pretty feisty. I don't know. I, I just don't see enough like jaw dropping pegs on their resume for me to like truly believe that this is a real like ATS machine I want to get on at this point. So I, I actually think they're kind of a fade in conference, especially on the road. To your to your point, Matt, they're 95th in Ken Palm, but just using shot qualities rankings, which I think factors in a little bit of that regression due on both ends and three point percentage, they're 180th. So like double the ranking. Uh, I I agree with net fade. Xavier Johnson is number nine in Ken Palm player of the year right now. Number it's nine. Insane. I crazy. I, that's the craziest stat I think of the entire season. <laughs> uh, so a different section of the best ATS teams, best cover margin, a good way to measure just how dominant teams are against the spread or are undervalued, at least to this point. CSUN, we mentioned, plus eight and a half cover margin. That's insane. Uh, by far the best in the country. BYU, plus 7.7, 11 and three against the spread. They just got handled by Cincinnati at home, which was shocking. Uh, BYU and Big 12 play. Mm, buy or sell, real quick, Matthew. Buy or sell BYU and Big 12 play. 
Sell. I'll, I'll I'll step in. Sell the way they're priced. Sell like is they're gonna be priced like a top ten. Team. I think at home they'll be really good. You know they just weren't to start Big Twelve play. I think they'll be good enough at home to make them not a full fledged sell everything. But I think they're a net sell. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, they they can't score inside. Like they they've been they touching inferior teams from the three, and they took forty six threes against Cincinnati and eighteen twos. Yeah, and ten free throws. Like they're just not getting there. They didn't get easy buckets against a really athletic defense. I think even the difference between like a number 100 in Ken Palm and a top big 12 team is too severe. Uh, I think they're going to struggle a little with athleticism. Yeah. Triar is coming back. So that'll probably help the the split there, but yeah, tough, tough start there. Uh, we talked about Indiana state already on this podcast. Uh, they have a seven point cover margin, nine, five against the spread. And so does Purdue Fort Wayne seven point cover margin, nine, four and one. We're looking like the best Horizon team. Uh, they they finally lost to Wright State, but again, another team that lost a lot from last year, and they've kind of replenished, and they've been playing great basketball. So the Mastodons, a team to watch, definitely can win the Horizon. They've played 356th ranked schedule for Ken Palm. Ooh, so I mean, I know I know he tries to adjust for all that, uh, but another team that is making a ton of threes and no one's making them against them. Mm-hmm. So I, I I believe also a net fade in league play. All right, let's switch to the downside. The worst ATS teams in the country. These five teams are below 22% right now. Only five teams in the country. UTEP is the worst ATS team. This surprised me. 2-10-1 against the spread, minus 4.7 cover margin. What's wrong with your minors, Matthew? Can't shoot. Same thing as last year. We thought they could shoot to start the year because they made like a bunch of threes against non-D1 teams. And it's the same sad song. I love Joe Golding, but he's just, I think, stubbornly ignored shooting and skill in his roster construction. Like Chris Chan's the same issue last year, but Chris Chan's actually addressed it this year with some, you know, providing some balance to their offense. But UTEP is the same thing. They just, it's one side of the ball. They can't protect it very well either. It's just a tough recipe to win consistently, I'll say. They have one of the coolest stats in the country. The number one free throw rate in the country offensively, 360th defensively. Put your head down, barrel it, and hit to the rim, baby. Hack, hack, hack. (laughs) Not not fun ones to watch because they're just parades to the free throw line. Also, 350th turnover rate, fourth on defense. So just, it's just a, a hectic game every time you watch them. Uh, Detroit is a team I expected to see here. They are the second worst team in the country from an ATS perspective. Three and 14, minus six and a half cover margin. They don't have a single win this season. Uh, they are really, really bad. I watched them against IEPUI, Jim, and I bet Detroit. And I said, I have made a huge mistake. This is the worst team in the country. Yeah, I can't believe they've covered three games just Same. based on how even how they've been lately. Uh, they almost won at Ole Miss, that which was is one. probably a huge part of why Ole Miss's advanced analytics are so low relative to their overall record. Um, but yeah, and lately they've been missing Jaden Stone, who's like their best player, and mm-hmm. you kind of take that out of there, and they don't really know what to do. Uh, I I'm not auto fading them, Kai, but against teams where I, I think they're at least semi motivated to take care of business. I've been kind of happily betting against Detroit. Yes, agreed. Uh, in the SWAC, Pine Bluff, 2-9 and nine against the spread, minus four cover margin. I backed them on Saturday. Certainly not as good as I expected. Uh, SWAC's tough, obviously, to really evaluate. You never know who's going to step up, uh, but that's not a, a, not a team to back currently. Pacific, out in the WCC, 3-12 and 12 against the spread, minus 9.4 cover margin. That's the second worst in the country. They showed signs of life by taking San Francisco to overtime, but then Matt, they got promptly smoked the very next game. Your thoughts on Pacific? 
Uh, it's not a good team. Fan forums or maybe the most depressing read you'll find. And there are some very depressing and ominous fan forums out there. Many actually, but Pacific's right there at the top. I should do a, a forum uh, tone meter power rankings, but mm-hmm. Pacific would be number one on the uh, the bad end of the spectrum. And finally, Old Dominion. We closed with a Sunbelt team almost last section. We we're going to close with a Sunbelt team this section. Old Dominion, 3-11 against the spread, minus 4.4 cover margin. Uh, unfortunate circumstances, their head coach, Jeff Jones, had a heart attack. Uh, he, I don't think he's back on the bench quite yet. They've had guys in and out of the lineup. They're just not that good right now, Jim. I, not a team I would be excited to back currently. No, they're they're not playing a lot of defense of late. They kind of, especially when they had guys out, Alette and Chauncey Jenkins missed the uh, the Troy game. A team we mentioned on the other side mm-hmm. of this of this spectrum, they just were like, "Let's play a track meet. You can have all the layups you want. We're just gonna." Mm-hmm do whatever, which is kind of the opposite of what you think of with the Jeff Jones team. Like in the past, he's been super disciplined defensively playing the half court. And this one's like helter skelter. They take a ton of mid range jumpers. Don't get to the line. Can't shoot threes. It's just, can we make mid range J's? And yeah, so they're already losing from a math perspective when they take the Mm -hmm. floor and it's, and now they're not defending either. So yeah, it's a nightmare. They've been gripping it and ripping it up and down lately. Okay. Worst cover margin in the country. Number one, Sienna, a minus 10.1 cover margin. That's almost impossible. That's almost impossible. Not only are you not winning games by 10 points, you're not covering games by 10 points. And they're ranked in the bottom five of Kimpong, which makes it even tougher because they're getting big spreads. Uh, four and 10 against the spread overall. They've taken money, I think, the last three or four games. That's due to guys getting back in the lineup. But guess what, Matt? They still suck. Yeah, the market loves to bet them. Uh, good luck to you, market, uh, continuing to back this team. I know they're healthy and whatever, but like, I, I don't think this is a good basketball team by any stretch. And they're they're about to do the Buffalo trip to Canisius and Niagara that every MAC person says is horrible and young teams struggle with focus-wise, and this is one of the youngest teams in the country. Ugh. Keep, keep them away from me, Kai. Could be bad. We mentioned Pacific, minus 9.4 cover margin. Middle Tennessee. Uh, minus eight cover margin, three and 10 against the spread. Now, Jim, they lost their point guard pretty early in the season due to, to an injury. Even still, I'm surprised they're this bad. It's almost like they're regressing after uh, McDevitt had this team back for a couple seasons uh, at the top of the league. Yeah, they can't score at all. Mm-hmm. Their offense is terrible, and Weston would have helped, but even, even with him, I, I think the offense would be a problem. And they had that West Coast road trip that hit St. Mary's in Southern Utah. It wasn't good. Uh, yeah, it's concerning because McDavid had a couple bad years to start and then suddenly had a resurgent Middle Tennessee squad last couple, and they're sinking back towards the depths this year, unfortunately. Big shame. And we close with SEMO, a team that made the NCAA tournament last year under Brad Korn. Minus 7.7 cover margin, 3.9 against the spread. Matt, I, I don't really have many reasons for it. I, I guess they're young, but they still have some guys back from last year. They're still way worse than I expected. Yeah, maybe they'll just go on a rocket ship run Could be. in the tournament Could be again. Back. So just go ahead and put them on your back burner and then wait till you'll, you know, wait till you're catching like 10 points against Western Illinois or 16 points yeah. against uh, uh, Moorhead. Maybe bet them then. But until March, don't even think about this team on your bet list. It, it's really tough right now. Defensively, just disastrous. Offensively, just no cohesion. It doesn't look good. I don't think if you put them in middle Tennessee in a gym together, they'd, they'd get a hundred points in a 50 minute game. Like they, those offenses are horrible. Aquan smart, the former Maryland transfer is supposed to be their best player. He's four for 31 from three. Hmm. It's, it's bleak for SEMO. Yeah. Not great. 
What is great is our podcast, Big Bets on Campus, Action Network, BetMGM. Thank you so much. We are the Three Man Weave. We'll be back next week, same time, Wednesday morning. Till then, good luck with your bets. Enjoy the ball. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.